Kofler and this is Founder Coffee. Every three weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this 34th episode I talk to Harrison Rose, co-founder of Paddle, a leading subscription and commerce platform that helps sales businesses grow faster. Harrison started Paddle with his co-founder when they were 17, going on 18, right when they were due to join university. They dropped out before it even began. At first, they built a marketplace for businesses, much like the App Store, but when it turned out nobody wanted another marketplace, they dropped the customer-facing aspect and kept the platform for payments and the like. We talk about how he builds a solid team while hiring 100 employees in a year, why he gets up at 6, how he keeps his energy up, and why you need to keep learning faster than your organization. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Harrison, it's great to have you on Founder Coffee. Hey Jerome, thank you very much for having me. Uh, you are co-founder of Paddle. For those who don't know yet, what do you guys do? Uh, so Paddle is a platform for software businesses to run and grow their own business. So by run, we, we mean removing all the operational burden out of kind of selling software, like really letting these companies unlock their potential, selling where they want, how they want, to, to who they want. Um, and the grow piece of that kind of mission is using all of the data that we gather on these software companies and, and how they're performing to try and deliver them some kind of strategic insight as to how they could sell better or go to market and more. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you guys do. Can you, can you like be a, a bit yeah. more specific about some of the, the, the challenges you guys? Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, selling software is hard and gets increasingly hard. I think as companies age, so people will set up a bunch of payment gateways to start with, and then they'll plug them all into a subscription management platform. They might struggle then to handle fraud and implement tooling for that. Suddenly when they get traction globally, they're having to handle taxes. They set up a bunch of bank accounts and entities to avoid foreign exchange charges and to receive invoices and wire transfers in, in, in those currencies. Things basically get complicated really, really fast. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to kind of remove that complexity, allow software companies to integrate with a single platform that's kind of ready to scale with them. Do you want a new currency? Turn it on. You want to accept a new payment method? Tick a box. Rather than people having to build out this internal infrastructure and internal expertise, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how do you guys then um, compete with with uh, Stripe or Braintree? Are these services that integrate with Paddle or no? Um, so, so these they take care of a very um, small part, I guess, of the the buying process mm -hmm. or, or the selling process for a software company. So they individually are fantastic products. The types of infrastructure that the panel will be built on top of to, to some degree that make it very easy to accept a credit card payment, for example. When in reality, that's just a small piece in actually selling software and that you need to accept currencies, additional payment methods, handle the tax and deliver the product to the customer and have some reporting requirements, I'm sure. They're very great products, a very small part of that, that journey, I guess, of, of the transaction. Yeah. So, so are your, your customers mostly smaller SaaS companies, mostly bigger ones? So we're working with about 1,500 software companies um, who are placed all over the world. Um, we're working with people in, who are just getting started all the way through up to people doing kind of tens of millions of dollars annually in revenue. So that there's a real broad spectrum there. Um, our real sweet spot is software companies that have reached some scale 
they'd built out a lot of t- tooling and internal jobs and expertise um, mm-hmm. and that started to creak. And perhaps as they're going through a change as in they're moving up market or trying to internationalize for the first time, as they're having to update that infrastructure or build out a whole new set of tooling and jobs internally, it's often at that point they migrate to Paddle to simplify what they were doing previously, but also enable then their next stage in growth without having to build out all the infrastructure again themselves. Yeah. How, how, how does someone start building a company like this one? Did you have a, a SaaS company before this? or? Yeah, it's, it's a question we get asked a lot. Um, so this is my first job, actually. Um, we've been going for uh, seven years now. Um, I started this when I was 17, going on 18 with um, our CEO, Christian. Um, and I met him, actually, whilst he was building software and selling it himself. He was trying to build and sell some invoicing software. We realized quite quickly that he was great at building the software and creating a great product but actually selling it globally because you, you think in selling software, you can be kind of global from day one. He realized that was actually really tough. And so we dabble with some ideas as to how we can make that easier for these, these people building software. And we actually started with the idea of like a marketplace because marketplaces or places like the app store do make it a little bit easier for software developers taking off kind of the, the burden around payments and customer support from people. And long story short, turns out people didn't want another marketplace um, we dropped the customer-facing element to that which we built and then just started to sell the infrastructure um, B2B. Um, and now folks just use Paddle to actually sell their own products. Yeah. Cool. So so you started this straight out of school? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And I was due to go to university. And, and the summer in which I was due to go, um, we raised money uh, to do Paddle. Um, and and then haven't looked back so seven years on we're now 140 employees here in london Um, Mm and we've raised 25 million dollars in funding and got kind of one over 1500 customers all over the world Um, Mm and so it's been quite quite the journey yeah are you still planning to do a university at some point like let's say you you sell paddle at some point you go back to university or you you just keep continuing uh it's an interesting question um, and one that I've been asked before and I think I've answered poorly and I'll, I'll probably do so again. I think I think I love learning. I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with kind of continuous improvement, um, both as a company in terms of our process and our people, but, but also myself. Um, there's lots of me that wants to learn many different things. I think if I was to go back to university, it would be to learn something entirely outside the scope of what I've been doing, I guess, for the last seven years and will continue mm-hmm. to do like going to do English Lit or something would be a fantastic experience, I'm sure. Um, but it very much would be, I think, some form of escapism or just to try and do something new as opposed to d- directly related to kind of what I'm doing day to day, I think. Yeah. And and it's also this this um, yearning for, for, for learning that made you start a company at this early age or, or how why, why do you actually decide to, when you're 17, right? Uh, yeah, we did it when we were 17, nearly 18. Yeah. How do you decide to then start a, a, a startup company? I, I guess it's the belief in, in the pain that it is that you're solving. Um, we were very fortunate to have been trying to, to solve this problem ourselves, Christian and I, um, as 17-year-olds trying to sell our own software and, and so on and so forth, realizing how difficult that was, speaking to lots and lots of other people building software and hearing the pains that they've gone through. Um, and then receiving 
backing before we were even kind of trying to solve this problem full time. Gave yeah. us a lot of confidence that there was um, a market for us and, and people that wanted help. I think it, it frustrates me even to this day that whether a software product could be more successful than another could be based on the internal infrastructure they built themselves to be able to enable the selling of that product as opposed to the, the product quality. Um, and we want to give every software company the opportunity to sell to whoever they want, however they want, and really to be succeeding based on the merit of their product rather than the internal infrastructure and expertise that they've built. Um, and we have that quite grand plan or vision, I guess, and, and we got back to pretty early to try and deliver that. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been quite the ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this your very first project then as well? or? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And um, I... I'm lucky enough to mentor a few folks. Um, we have a very close um, portfolio um, from each of the investors who, who've done our various rounds. So talk to an awful lot of other founders. Um, I think it's one of the ways in which I stay sane. Um, but this is certainly my first full-time um, successful gig. It's the same as Christian at our CEO. Yeah. Yeah, but, but projects could be anything. Like you could have... Uh build out some kind of organization in school or, or build websites or. Exactly. Did you do any of these things or this is just like you were in school and all of a sudden you decided like. Oh, oh no. I had many, many projects at school and got distracted many times. I'm sure many of the listeners did everything from kind of try my hand at some graphic design and, and logo design, which mm -hmm. I'm sure I would wince at or be terribly ashamed of if I looked back on it today. Um, <laughs> through to selling um, software bundles and flash deals on software. And yeah, we, we tried all sorts, but all of this really did build our understanding of, I guess, how difficult it is to succeed as a software company and how one of those big problems is actually getting your product out there or, or, or getting money for it in the first place, which funnily enough is pretty important to these companies. Yeah. Is, is there anyone that particularly inspired you uh, seven years ago when you... When you started Paddle, uh, or anyone uh, inspires you today that you look up to and think, I want to be more like that person? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think I, I, even our own understanding of the scale of the problem that we're solving has really evolved over time. And mm -hmm. in our early days, we felt the infrastructure we were building out would maybe just be appropriate just to smaller companies who didn't have the internal resource to build a team to handle tax globally, for example. Um, and it was our belief that at some point it made sense to do those things in-house when in reality, as we've grown and got larger and larger customers over the last um, seven years, no matter how big your software company is, developers' time and hiring people um, and, and just the time and, and expertise internally, often some of the blockers to what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, we hired 100 people in 2018. Um, and that wasn't something that I'd wish upon anyone. So mm -hmm. no matter how, how big you are, resources are always tight and you should be focusing on the highest impact things you possibly can, which normally are the kind of unique selling points for your particular product. So I think over time, realizing that massive, massive companies who have this problem has, has inspired us, certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I guess so. our own understanding of this has probably evolved over time would be the short answer to your question. Uh, my question was, uh, which, which other, uh, startup founder oh, you, found it. Yeah, yeah. you look up to? Sorry. 
I, I was going down the track of which software companies and we have seen this problem that, that we'd want to help and, and that's changed over time. In terms of particular CEO, CEOs and folks that I look up to, yeah. there's so many amazing people and pieces of advice out there. So to start with, I, I definitely wouldn't limit this to kind of CEOs, but also coaches, mentors, VCs, et cetera. And I think surrounding yourself with these people, particularly having not done this before, is an absolute requirement in order to have any any degree of, of success or even to stand a chance. And um, in terms of CEOs in, in particular out there that like I really admire in the UK, Tom Blomfield at, at Monzo is doing some really amazing stuff um, as a company, as a product, and even really forward thinking stuff in terms of um, diversity and inclusion. Um, Hiroki at Go Cardless has an amazing story and would encourage people to read, read about him if you haven't already. And elsewhere, great friends with Patrick Campbell uh, a profit well. He's an awesome human being and absolutely mad. Um, great guy. And Mathilde at the front, um, some of the stuff that Point Nine have covered um, on her and how she approaches work and internal process and discipline have been really, really inspiring as well. Yeah. Who was that last person? Uh, I think Mathilde at front. front ah, Mathilde, Mathilde Collin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I also listened to a podcast with her uh, this week. Pretty interesting. She, the, she the way really... she, Go on. Yeah, the way she built the culture in um, in front, um, yeah. keeps delivering this great product is uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. And the thing is I like about her advice is that it feels really practical. So hearing mm -hmm. about the types of emails and things she's sending out at the start of the week, at the end of the week, are just really useful, actionable things that, that you can implement and, mm -hmm. and really do have an impact. So yeah, some really cool stuff I've, I've heard from her. Yeah. What what is it that that uh, that you are actually working on right now? Um, I panel myself. Mm -hmm. uh, my day to day feels like it changes kind of every three weeks or so. Uh, it's, it's, I think founders probably have to embrace this. So we've been growing like crazy. Yeah, we we hired a hundred people last year, and um, we're the fastest growing software company in the UK. Mm -hmm. And when you're growing at that trajectory. Um, things break a lot um, and I think that there needs to be an obsession with continuous improvement and efficiency um, for that, to even make that possible um, so in terms of what I do I, I tend to sit in a role and as the chief uh, chief customer officer so looking at the, the experience of the people using our product end-to-end -end, mm -hmm. um, working closely with our go-to-market teams basically um, a real emphasis on customer success and sales um, but also product two in being as close to the customer as possible. So at the moment, I'm tending to jump in alongside whichever relevant exec necessary across those teams on improving whatever it is they need to improve or, or putting out the fire that exists in that team. And that's very much going to change. So later this year, I'll, I'll be tasked with opening and launching our first international office over in the US and um, sometime in Q4. Is there anything of these things that keeps you up at night particularly lately? Um, yes, lots of things, I guess. Um, I think there's, a, there's always something you're working on, right? I think there's a real skill to try and shut off from that and, and relax a little bit. I think the, the big things that I'm thinking about the most when I kind of put my head on the pillow and, and try and get some shatai would be how do I build out the right leadership team and um, that maintains our values that will inspire our organization 
um, mm. because they're mistakes that you don't want to get wrong. Um, and then finally, yeah, the, the logistics and the execution of rolling out that first international office um, are going to give me lots of lots of additional thoughts and things to do. I think. Yeah. What What are some of the lessons you've already learned when working on that first topic, like building out that that leadership team? Um, I think there's a lot of things we could touch on. There's when you go from being kind of 30 to 130 very quickly, or even as, you, as you're going through hyper growth, um, there's a temptation to just co constantly promote people into managerial positions just because they've been there for a long time. And I think an understanding and, and being able to identify who's the right fit for, for management and who's not, and actually giving people other pathways to, and progression other than becoming managers was quite important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the ability, well, often you know you've made the right hire if the person that you do hire as a manager who's coming in above someone who's perhaps been there longer, if that person you're bringing in is truly exciting that individual they're very confident they can learn from that person and the whole organization is excited about how much they're going to drive the business forward. And that's when you know you've made the right hire. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real good measure of success, I think that. And, and then equally, really trying to cut the balance between the person that you need right that moment um, and what that person is going to need to look like in kind of 24 months or so as well, because you want that person to grow with the business Yeah. And, and you do need to be kind of forward-looking there. And, and sometimes that's really difficult. Where do you think you should ideally strike that, strike that balance? Yeah, I think I think the 24-month mark is about right. Um, beyond that, you might not have someone who can get hands-on and deal with the errors for improvement that you have today. Um, but you also want to have enough runway there that, that they have the chance to grow and develop and, and they can also fix the problems of the future, which could look super, super different. Um, yeah. But I, I'm sure this is going to be very different from individual to individual. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what is kind of like the next thing that's on your plate that you're looking to delegate? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to almost make myself as redundant as possible from the day-to-day -day operation at Paddle right now um, in the knowledge that I, I'm going to be heading out to the U.S., Um, and, and launching the office there. I, I expect to be back here a lot and spend an awful lot of time on flights where I'll be feeling very sorry for myself, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But really trying to remove myself from any day-to-day -day operation to ensure that I don't become a block or a time zone don't become an issue for us. What is, what is the last time you now have to remove yourself from? What's the last th thing to remove myself from, did you say? Yeah. Um, we recently hired uh, a chief commercial officer actually to come in and, and take on some of the people who are still directly reporting into me, some quite senior folks. Mm -hmm. um, so getting that person up to speed and onboarding them uh, has been, is the latest thing. Um, but very excited about the impact um, they're going to have. I'm very fortunate in that that individual actually that we've hired there has mentored me for two years and is now going to come in and, and really drive the entire business forward and, and the entire business will get to benefit from some of the great advice I've received from that person. Mm, that's feel, cool. Yeah, it feels like a real stamp of, of confidence and belief in what we're doing with that person having been on that journey with us as well. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, talking about cool, what is it exactly that, that gives you energy when, when doing this work? What do you feel yeah. is, is, is what drives you forward? 
I have a lot of energy. Like I'm sure I'm already speaking way too fast for many of your listeners, which I apologize for. And I hope you've got a fantastic app, which allows you to slow me down whilst you're listening to things back. And yeah, I've got tons of energy. I think a really great piece of advice I've got, and I'll try to share as much as possible, is that do do try and enjoy your work day to day. And as much as it will always feel like there's something that you need to fix or something on fire or whatever, I think the way to really make that energize you and turn that positively is that it or you need to be someone who enjoys identifying the area for improvement or that fire. You need to enjoy putting it out and then enjoy moving on to the next one and continually leveling up you and your organization like that constantly. And unless you enjoy that process of constant improvement and iteration and the need to do so, it would be very easy to get down in the dumps about how you know things are breaking or things aren't working. Instead, really try and flip that on, on its head and, and celebrate the fact that you've spotted the thing that can get better. You've got a plan to fix it and you're going about doing so. Because if not, in these organizations which are growing so quickly and improving all the time, I imagine it could quite quickly get overwhelming, I guess. Yeah. So you're saying enjoy the fact that you're working on it. Enjoy the fact that you're fixing it. Enjoy the fact that you've seen what you need to fix. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because there's always going to be... Oh, it's all broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, And the articles you read where everything seems completely breezy, um, and everything's great. I imagine behind the curtain, there are some people running around <laughs> trying to fix some stuff on MT. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's not super super easy to do huh? to uh, to always keep keep uh, keep believing that because there's there's seeing what to fix and there's uh, working on it. And then there is also uh, keeping the belief that a certain thing you've been trying to fix for a long time is now going to going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the real danger that you, you can fall into beyond that becoming overwhelming and, and, and you feeling down in the dumps, everything's broken. Mm-hmm. And the real danger that people can fall into is actually apathy. And, and at, at one point, and I'm glad the organization snapped out of it quickly, but you never want to get to a point whereby people become very good at spotting the problems. But then if you don't follow that with great, what's your plan for it? What are we doing about it? Um, yeah, and encouraging yeah. and empowering people to contribute, that can get very dangerous when mm-hmm. you, you just point out the areas for improvement without excitement about the, the plan to fix it or, or the empowering of your people to actually solve that problem. Yeah, definitely. That's that's some good advice. Yeah, do you uh, like, like to keep this amount of energy that you're displaying? Um, how how do you do that? Is it uh, is it uh, sleeping a lot? Is it drinking a ton of coffee? Is it? Uh... <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I've always been a bit mad, kind of. It, it's it's no surprise to anyone in the organization if I'm, you know, running around, running back to my desk, singing at the top of my voice, walking around. I'm I'm quite lucky that I think I'm quite naturally um, energetic or, or or positive. I think you, you've got to enjoy what you're doing, right? And I really hope that manifests itself around the organization um, and, and people can feel that and it, and it makes them kind of look forward to coming to work each day as well. Although I'm not sure my singing would be would be making that many people happy on reflection. Do you sing well or? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay. I, I was chatting to a colleague um, just this weekend. We, we do a great thing for our, our staff in that everybody gets a learning and development budget 
Um, we use mm-hmm. a fantastic SaaS product out there called Sunlight in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we let people spend that money um, on whatever they want. Um, so we've got one employee in sales who spends his budget on um, improv classes. Um, and I went to go and see one of them and um, he was awesome. And he's actually explained that it's really helping him in his his day to day, even at work. But the, the person I spoke to at the weekend said that he's using his budget to get better at singing. And he said that the the level he wanted to get to when speaking to his teacher was just that it was acceptable for others to hear it. Um, and I think I should probably be, be going off of some similar lessons, maybe. Yeah, you could join him. <laughs> what is it? What is it actually that you do when you're when you're, when you're not working? Like, mm-hmm. or do you only work? This question, yeah. one, perhaps. Work-life balance is an interesting one, and I've heard a lot of um, people on the show t- talk about this really, really interestingly, and it's great to hear lots of people's perspective on this. Um, I'm a huge workaholic. Um, I can take on big workloads, problems, work for long hours without an impact on on, on health or, or well-being, at least that, that I know about right now. But mm-hmm. I think that's tr- truthfully because it's all I've ever known. I mean, I've been working on paddle and paddle-related problems since I was 17. I'm now 25, but do know this doesn't work for everyone. Um, and, and each individual needs to work very hard to kind of get that right balance for themselves. Um, it is something I've got better at too probably i mean in the early days it wasn't uncommon that i'd work every day and into the night and then i kind of stopped doing it on saturdays as much as possible and now i kind of do much less on the weekends um but yeah i i work a lot <laughs> uh, yeah. but enjoy it which is really important yeah but you're so young and so you mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. kind of uh don't have all the 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 little things that older people get uh but you'll discover, I suppose. Yes, I imagine so. I, I'm very grateful for the, the the patience that people have around me. Their family, yeah. friends, girlfriends are truly saintly. I think the the amount of times I've asked, you know, can I just send a quick email before we head out to those people? And they've said, yes, I am entirely grateful for. Um, yeah. But yeah, it gets increasingly difficult with, with family and kids and things, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, I, I, was, I was not just talking about that. I was talking about health issues. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the more you get older, the, the it it starts uh, starts popping up left and right, and mm-hmm. needing to go to the physiotherapist and uh, the hospital and all those kind of things, for the yeah. things you would never have imagined. Yeah, yeah. And then, I and then <laughs> work-life balance becomes becomes even more important because when you're young, you can just keep going for uh, as long as you want, but then at some point you start hitting some some limits. Yeah you got to be true to yourself, right? You, you can't do everything. Um, yeah. And I think we, we all need to be real with ourselves about how much actually can wait till tomorrow. Sometimes mm-hmm. everything feels urgent. Um, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where, where do you kind of put the limits nowadays? You put the limits at the weekends or? Uh, yes. Um, I try. The way I kind of run my day is that I'll get up early and do most of my work from home before heading into the office because I'm normally hit by kind of a barrage of meetings and requests and calls and things. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I start that morning in that, in that point of alone time before the rest of the organization gets up, I guess, to write down a list of all the things I need to do that day in chronological order. Um, and you can take some satisfaction once that list is finished um, and definitely go home when you, you're expected to or, or need to. Um, but sometimes you don't quite get there and i guess that needs that needs to be okay yeah what time do you get up 
uh, early. So I'm normally at my desk by uh, seven, half seven. Um, and I'll work on my own, um, on my own individual work and individual tasks and writing that list, I guess, um, and setting up my team members for success with things they need to know or do um, until about 9.30. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I'll walk into the office. Um, I'm lucky enough to, to not be too far away from it. Yeah. Okay. So you get up at at six thirty or at six or something, or yeah, six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. So you yeah. have uh, two hours of uh, undisrupted uh, working time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see how this changes with the time zone change, but I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll work something out. Do you uh, do you live alone right now, or you have a girlfriend, or or even a wife? Uh, I live with my girlfriend and she's very patient with me and fortunately a very deep sleeper. So she can let me get out, grab a coffee and crack on with some work. And do you do anything to stay mentally and physically fit or, or also nothing so far? This is exactly the type of thing, I guess, that I've even noticed I've needed to get better at um, along that kind of seven year journey, which is still a short amount of time compared to many people in the industry. But mm-hmm. prior to, to Paddle, I played a ton of football or, or, or soccer, depending on who, who's listening to this, I guess, played mm-hmm. an awful lot. And, and then I neglected that part of my life and um, fitness, I think, for, for quite a while. Um, I'm quite naturally fit. I, I walk around everywhere in London, but recently it's been really important to me to get back into my um, running again, um, just to, to feel healthy and good within myself. But it also solves my want to also learn and read and it, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone there which is which is quite good i convinced myself i i tried kickboxing um much yeah. to a lot of people's amusement in the office but i haven't quite got around to it yet mm-hmm. if you if you would sell battle now like let's say in a few months for a ton of money and you can spend your life the way you wanted what would you now do uh i'm sure i'd find and make myself busy pretty quickly. I'm really, really bad at chilling out and doing nothing. So I'm sure I'd sink my teeth into some problem that I, that I spotted at, at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be able to resist. Yeah, I, I, I think you won't be able to get your team because you've you've sold the company. So yeah, you would have something in your contract that says that you cannot get your team along. So you start all alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imagine the situation like like you would you would start a, a new company from zero or or would you spend a little time to to think about things or would you take a long sabbatical or yeah that's an interesting question I think I try and have a break knowing myself I'm not sure I'd do much better than about three weeks and mm-hmm. um, I'm very lucky and enjoy the fact that I get to to chat with consult with and a mentor a ton of great companies that um, I've met along the way. Um, and it's always very interesting to hear about their problems um, and help them al- along their own journeys and learn from one another, more importantly. So I'm sure I'd be tempted to team up with someone I've, I've met along the way. Although having only done this as a, as a founder, um, mm-hmm. I imagine it'll be a really interesting and probably difficult experience for me to, to come into something that, that isn't your own baby, I guess. It, it's probably a good learning for me to have uh, at some point. Yeah. To, to join some other company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you, you said you're based in London. Um, 
is that a good place to have a startup or? Yeah, yeah, I love it here. Um, there's an amazing, amazing, diverse, rich set of talent. Um, I'm super proud of, of the fact that um, we are a company that's 60% non-British. So we have a ton of great folks here from the UK, but an incredibly rich and diverse team, mm-hmm. um, which helps us deliver better experiences to our, our potential customers, basically. Um, so you've got a lot of talent here and we've got access to capital and some incredible investors who I'm also very grateful for. Um, it's, it's the absolute right cocktail of, of ingredients you need, I think. Yeah. And, and where are you guys based in London? I, I, I was recently in London and I didn't see any startups. I don't know where they're hiding. <laughs> we are a very stereotypical kind of British startup and we're based in kind of central Shoreditch. No, I guess not. Near, near Moorgate Station for anyone who knows London ah. pretty well. Yeah. What, what other co- cool startups are uh, located next to you, for instance? Well, yeah, we're, we're really lucky. There's, there's quite a few around. So Monzo... Um, who are the challenger banker on the same uh, road as us. Um, you've got Boozu, which is a language learning startup just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Go Squared uh, have been around for a long time and they're just around the corner. We're, there's quite a lot in this this little central area, actually. We're, we're quite fortunate. Mm-hmm. Cool. Slowly wrapping up. Um, what is the latest good book you've read and why did you choose to read it? Oh, as a two i probably want to mention um we about uh it's maybe not the latest one but one that's probably been most interesting to me recently about eight months ago we started working with an executive coach for the first time um and once you get to a stage where that's viable it's something i definitely encourage other founders and ceos to do um it's been really really transformative actually and i, I was quite skeptical at the start to be completely candid but it's been amazing and um, And two books they've introduced me to. Uh, one which I loved was a book called Standout, um, which allowed you to. It was kind of like a, a Myers Briggs test. And I'm not sure if you've ever done one of those, which is like mm-hmm. a, a personality type test. And I never liked Myers Briggs too much. I was, I was never super fond of it. And my answers always seem different. And apparently I'm doing it wrong, but I'm not sure. Um, but this is an alternative to that. And it really helps you identify how you might be perceived actually within a working environment and both good and bad and being able to spot some of those behaviors in yourself um to to make working with you an an even better experience i guess or a better experience um has been really useful so i certainly recommend that stand out from jp markey or uh it is i think it's marcus buckingham is the guy let me just search that for you uh Stand up. Yeah, Marcus Buckingham, Standout 2.0. And then the next one I'm um, reading is What Got You Here Won't Get You There, um, which is Marshall Goldsmith. Um, and this is one that we're just talking about how all of those different character traits that you have or all of the things that you've been doing day to day, which have allowed you to, to, to grow a business to a certain scale how over time those need to evolve or mold in order to set you up for the kind of next level of success. Yeah. And again, it's really talking about the, the behaviors that you have as a leader and, and how you can, how to use those as effectively as you go to the next stage of growth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything you wish you would have known when you started out with battle or building startups in general? Uh, everything, I guess, having not done this before. 
Um, I don't know. The, the things that have become really obvious to me, I guess, is that every six months or so, you, you, you will look back on your kind of previous self and think, how on earth did I, did I function? Like, what was I even doing or thinking about? Um, and, and that's okay. I think we always need to strive for kind of that learning trajectory. You, you as a founder need to be learning at the same rate your company is growing, if not faster, whilst mm-hmm. also surrounding yourself with folks who know better than you, of course. Um, I think going into this with that knowledge of that expectation on, on yourself is probably really important. Um, and I think I'd really be disappointed or, or, or probably make some tough calls if I ever felt like I wasn't growing at that rate any longer. Um, I think that's quite quite motivating um, and something, yeah, I think it will be useful to, to know about going into this experience. Yeah. Is, is there like, it, yeah, no. So you, you're saying that uh, you, you have to keep learning uh, faster than the organization. That's what you wish you would have known when you started out. Pretty much, yeah. I think that would be the most useful advice I could give to anyone cracking on. Um, or to get really, really practical um, thinking about mistakes we've made or, or areas for improvement mm-hmm. to, rather than kind of a reflective kind of self. We, yes, we're 140 people now. We hired 100 people in one year. And I think the thing that I'd have loved to know going into that experience is just how difficult knowledge share is. Um, and how difficult that becomes when you have more new folks in the organization than old. Yeah. Um, and how you really need to optimize for that really, really early. Um, that is definitely a mistake we made and slowed us down for a period before you accelerate again and, and benefit from all those new individuals. Yeah. Um, it's a much more practical kind of thing that we, we could have done better. How are you fixing that now? Uh, slowly, I guess. Um, I think just being very purposeful with how you do this we're much much greater uh, documentation internally um, and, and use tools for that um, we have a much larger people and talent team who own learning and development at paddle and it's just constantly um, encouraging a culture of, of learning within the organization we run after school sessions on sql python every single person who joins the company runs for a how to build a paddle checkout course like really instilling learning and sharing knowledge and feedback loops has to become a cultural thing i think once you re- reach a certain stage and can't all fit around a, a table and just just tweaking your culture to 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 reflect that i think is, is kind of how we've gone about it so it manifests itself everywhere yeah okay final question uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever got business um okay um i think to in the case of individually, I guess, as a founder um, and, and, and talking about work-life balance as we have today and, and something along those lines is mm-hmm. probably to not put the things off that would make you kind of happier or more comfortable today in, in case something might happen in the future. I think chatting to other founders like myself over the last seven years or so, we all have a habit of regularly putting off moving flat or committing to something like a holiday in case a fundraise happens during those months or in case the move to the US happens earlier or in case this big deal's happening, X, Y, or Z, you, you name it. Um, we've heard all the excuses. Um, and when you're constantly planning for the future and kind of neglecting the now, um, you can very quickly and not even realize it that you're making your, yourself 
and your life a lot more difficult than you necessarily have to be. Um, so stop putting off things that would make you more comfortable or happy right now, I guess, of, of stuff that could happen in the future. I used to be very bad at that. Um, and yeah, have, have benefited from, from concentrating on the now for both me and, and people around me, certainly. Cool. Thank you again, Harrison, for being on Founder Coffee. It was really great to have you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, it was amazing chatting to you. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys.